0: to the book of Second Timothy, chapter 3. And once again, we'll be reading the third chapter and then into the fourth through verse 5. Second Timothy 3 through chapter 4, verse 5. As we hear God's Word, being reminded of the fact that the truth of God's Word, the spiritual things are discerned only because of the work of the Holy Spirit in one's heart and one's life. Else these are but gibberish to the unbelieving person. Second Timothy 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. So these men also oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. God's word. Let's bow in prayer once again. Given to us, we thank you for the truth that we have here in our hands, not in a world that doesn't seem to know right from wrong anymore. We have your solid word that never changes. We thank you for that. Pray that you'll be with Pastor Bob this morning as he leads us in worship. Give him your words to speak. And help us to have hearts and ears that are ready to hear, to listen, and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So as we go through this series, we began last Lord's Day dealing with the Scriptures as what it is, God's breathed out word. This morning we are, in a sense, answering the question why it matters as we deal with the subject of truth. Next Lord's Day, the Lord willing, are what are Scripture's purposes? What, what does God seek to accomplish through this truth of his breathed out word? And then, if that's its purpose, what are we to do with it? And then finally, the fight for it. That's where... Uh, Lord willing, we will be going. We want to look at three things from this particular text again this morning, even as we dealt with it last Lord's Day. There is much to be unfolded here that Paul has given to us. Our three points this morning are one, the truth denied, secondly, the truth given, and thirdly, the truth matters. The truth denied, the truth given, and thirdly, the truth matters. You see, people's desire is given to us by Paul. We, we have the, the desire of mankind because we know that we are born in sin. We know that we are not born good. We're not even born neutral. We are born, we are conceived, even as David said, in sin, And we are born, we are conceived, we are made human beings as enemies of God. The wrath of God is upon us. We are not for God at any point in time of our life until that Holy Spirit works within our hearts, draws us to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. But we certainly do not limit when the Holy Spirit can do that. We don't say, well, the Holy Spirit only does that in adults. He only does it when you turn somehow or another, when you graduate from high school and you turn 18 or when you turn 12. We believe that God in His Holy Spirit, even as He did in the Apostle John, can work in a child in a mother's womb. That those children too can indeed be born again before they've even been physically born. But the point is that we enter this world as enemies of God. Meaning, we do not love the truth. Paul outlines for us in these opening verses of 2 Timothy chapter 3, the truth of that. We all go our own selfish, sinful, rebellious ways. We all head in that direction. This is where we desire to go. This is who we are as humanity. So if truth is here, okay, if truth is here, we're over here. We, we want nothing to do with God's truth. From the moment of our conception on, we have a desire for the lie. We have a desire for the untruth. We have a desire for the falsehood. Why? Because that falsehood, that lie, allows us to live out our own sinful lives, our own proud lives, our own loving of self, our loving of money, our arrogance, our abusiveness, our disobedience, our ungratefulness, our unholiness, our heartlessness, our unappeasability, our slanderousness, our lack of self-control, our brutalness, our not loving the good, our treacherous, our all of those things. You see, we want the lie. We desire the lie. And the lie is this, there is no God, I can do what I want. There is no God, there is no standard of absolute right and wrong. Each of us is a truth unto ourselves. We can define our own truth. We get to come up with our own truth. Truth, then, is relative for every single Human being, what is truth for me is not necessarily truth for you, and that's okay. You do your thing, I do my thing. We all just live for ourselves anyway. That's the way we are by nature. We don't want to hear God's truth. That's our desire as humanity. So we refuse to hear the truth. We don't even want to listen to the truth. Listen to Paul, right? For the time is coming, verse 3, chapter 4, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. See, because of people's desire, they don't want to hear God's truth. They don't want to hear the truth. It's not just God's version of the truth. It is that which is true. And people don't want to listen to it. They they have itching ears. They have a desire to hear that which they want to hear. They want to hear. You can do what you want. You can live the way you want. Nobody has the right to impose any sort of truth standard. There is no absolute truth. People like that. They want to hear that. It it tickles their ears. It makes them feel like what they are doing is the right thing. Let me just give you an example of it. An example of it would be the issue of abortion. Right? There is an absolute truth that God gives us in regards to the issue of abortion. It's murder. It's killing. It's wrong. It's sin. Now, if a person is contemplating this act of killing their own child, And they're led to the belief, I can do this because it is my right and I have the perfect right to do with my body what I desire to do. No book, no God, no Bible. No truth has its right to infere upon my life. Do you think they're going to sit to listen to hours and hours and hours of podcasts about how wrong abortion is? Of course not. What are they going to do? They're going to find every conceivable way possible to have their decision confirmed. They're going to talk to those who are going to encourage them to do what their evil heart wants them to do. They're going to vote for people who will allow them to do what they want to do. Because they do not want to hear the truth. They have itching ears. And we can apply it to that, but but we can apply it to every sin of humanity. We can apply it to stubbornness. We can apply it to arrogance. We can apply it to drinking. We can apply it to every sphere of human life. People have itching ears and they want to hear only that which validates the sin that they want to commit or sin that they have committed. They do not want to be confronted with a holy god who has absolute standards of right and wrong they do not want to be confronted with truth they refuse to do so romans 125 they exchange the truth of god for the lie but people you see need the truth That's what Paul is urging in this passage to Timothy, his young protege. He's saying to Timothy, don't don't neglect this truth, Timothy. Don't don't fall into the trap of giving to people that which their itching ears want to hear because people don't need their ears filled with lies. People need to hear the truth, Timothy. Timothy. This is the need of humanity. This is the need of the world. This is the need of our culture today. That they hear God's truth. Notice how Paul draws that out. 2 Timothy 3.14 But as for you. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Then we have last week's passage, all scripture is breathed out by God. But notice what Paul is saying. Timothy, hold to that truth. Hold to those sacred writings. Hold. Hold to that which God has said. This is what people need. So in chapter 4, what does Paul say? Preach that word, Timothy. Preach it. People need the truth. Far too often we as the church When we hear and when we see, when we watch, when we read about the problems that are going on in our culture, in our society, even in our nation and in our state, are simply like, oh, fools. Rather than looking and saying, these people need the truth. Not my truth. Not some party's truth. They need God's truth. Because only the truth is able to make them wise unto salvation. They are lost. People need the truth, it is indispensable. Secondly, the truth has been given. Now, one might say this is probably a foregone conclusion, Pastor Bob, but do, do we really need to confirm this? Perhaps not, but perhaps we do. Maybe, maybe we, we just take these passages down, as it, as it were, so that we know them so that we understand them, so that we realize that Scripture itself testifies to us that it is true. Now, I know we go back again, and you say, yeah, but how do we know that the Scripture is true? What did we say last week? We know that the Scripture is true because of the Holy Spirit's work of faith in our hearts and in our lives. I can have no argument with an individual to convict them of the truth of God's word without the work of the Holy Spirit. Only he can convict in regards to the truth of God's word. You see, the Bible doesn't start with the idea that somehow we have to convince you that God's word is true. It knows God's word is true. Why does it know God's word is true? Because it's God who's saying it. It is God's breathed out word. So the scriptures, the breathed out word of God, tell us that scripture is true. Three passages from the Old Testament Psalm 119, 160. You might want to just jot them down. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The scripture claim that scripture is true. Yes. Psalm 119. Proverbs 30, 5 and 6. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words lest he rebuke you and you be found to be a liar. Where is truth? Here. Here. God's word is true. This is truth. This is the only standard of truth. Also, Psalm twelve six. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. But not only does the Old Testament confirm it, so does the New. 2 Timothy 3.16, right in our passage, right? All Scripture is breathed out by God. If it's breathed out by God, what does it by necessity need to be? True. Why? Because God is true. 2 Peter 1.20 Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. But every word of Scripture comes as men are carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling now, how does Paul call the Scriptures? The word of truth. Revelation 21.5, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. John 10.35, Jesus himself. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and Scripture cannot be broken. It's true. Old Testament, New Testament, and I can give you dozens and dozens and dozens of more passages. The point is, we have been given the truth. The truth is not in, in some way to be discovered. It's not like here we are in 2020, almost 2021, now, we, now we've got to work at discovering what the truth is is that's contained in God's Word. That's how liberals, you see, view the Scripture. They view the Scripture as a husk or an ear of corn that one would go out to the field and pick and say, yep, this is the Word of God. And they'd say, no, this isn't the Word of God. You say, what do you mean this isn't the Word of God? Well, we've got to take this leaf off and this leaf off and we've got to unpeel it and and then we'll find it. The truth is not in the words. The truth is somewhere in the midst of the words. The words themselves are not true, but truth is contained in the words. How men love their itching ears. How men love the lie. Rather than simply dealing with the fact that God has given us Truth. Here it is. All that we need for life and godliness. Here. Truth. And that truth really does matter. This is not an incidental thing. This is not something, well, you know... Yeah, I see the big importance you're making on this, Pastor Bob, but does truth really matter? Is it really that important? Let me give you at least four things that the Bible, that the scriptures, that God's breathed out word, that the truth tells us why truth is important. Now, I haven't had you look up all these passages, but now you need to start. We're going to start at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Go down to verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. Now notice what he says the effect of truth is, and the truth will set you free. Question, where does one find true freedom? In the truth, in the Word of God. True freedom is found here. Let that sink in, in in all of its various levels. True freedom is found in the Word. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. What is the truth? The word of God. The breathed out word of God. That's the truth. What does the truth do? It brings freedom. What kind of freedom? Spiritual freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from damnation. Freedom from hell. Freedom from Satan. It brings that spiritual freedom. The sacred writings, as Paul said to Timothy, that make you wise unto salvation. Where do do you find that salvation? In God's truth. Right? I'm not going to find it in the sunset. I'm not going to find it on a mountaintop. I'm not going to find it in the beautiful colors that surround us this fall. I'm not going to find it at a fire pit. I am going to find salvation, truth, in God's breathed out truth. Does it matter? Does truth then matter? Yes! Because my salvation is found in the truth say, but Pastor Bob, I I thought we always say that, that our salvation is in Christ. Absolutely. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Christ is the breathed out word of God. Christ is this truth. And the truth will set you free. But it also sets us free from fear. We need to hear that, don't we, today? Does our society, does our culture need to hear that? Absolutely. What sets us free from fear? Truth. Not lies. Not lies that are continued on and on and on and on. God's truth is that which sets us free from fear. Does it set us free from physical problems? No. Does it mean that you shall be free from any physical ailment? No. Paul, in in writing to Timothy, talks about his sufferings. Paul's not going, well, it's because the truth didn't do its thing and therefore I suffered in jail. I dealt with afflictions. I dealt with persecutions. No, what does Paul say? The mere fact that you accept this as truth means that you will be persecuted. It does not mean a freedom from physical ailments. Does not mean freedom from danger. Does not mean freedom from getting sick doesn't mean that. You can't can't stand and say, I believe the truth, therefore I shall never get cancer. That isn't what God's talking about. That isn't what Paul is saying. That isn't what Jesus is saying. It's a spiritual freedom in our salvation, in the driving away of fear. Why? Because the truth tells us what the future is. I don't know about you, but I think the future ends pretty good. I think it all ends up wonderful. I think it ends up beautiful. Why? Because I think it? No, because the truth tells me it does. You and I as believers in Jesus Christ end up face-to-face with our Savior in glory. Now, if I don't think there's a Jesus Christ, if I don't think there's, there's a glory, if I don't think there's a heaven, if I don't think there's a salvation, if I don't think any of those things because I believe the lie... Wow, this moment is all there is. Or if I base my hope on a fabricated lie that I myself can earn my way into God's presence. And as long as I do enough good things, oh, the false hope that so many in this world have. Now what you and I need to be confronted with is this. The only possible way of my salvation it's that God, in His electing love and grace, has chosen me in Christ Jesus. And that God has sent forth His Holy Spirit as a gift, not because I earned it, not as a wage, but as a gift into my heart and into my life to cause me to see I was a foolish, lying sinner. And that Holy Spirit grips a heart, a mind, a soul to look to Christ alone. The truth matters because the truth and the truth alone can set you free. Secondly, turn with me to John 17, 17. Once again, The words of Jesus John seventeen, seventeen Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Truth is the word. Truth sanctifies. The word sanctifies. Why why does the truth matter? Because the truth, not the lies of humanity, not the lies of society, not the lies of my unrepentant heart. The truth sanctifies. Now what what does to sanctify mean? Well... It means to grow in Christ, is one way to say it. It means, and as we grow in Christ, we grow in holiness. That which is sanctified is that which is holy. What does the Word do? The Word sanctifies. What is the Word? The Word is truth. Does it matter? Can I grow in holiness apart from the Word? Not according to Jesus. Jesus' prayer is not, hey, Lord, would you invent a whole bunch of ways by which people can be sanctified so that they don't have to rely just upon one thing Boy, it'd be real nice if everybody's sanctification, everybody's growing in Christ, everybody's knowledge of Christ, everybody's walk with Christ, everybody's holiness in Christ could be based like on 10 different things and we can give them all sorts of options as means by which they can grow. His prayer is, Lord, sanctify them. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is the truth. My sanctification. My growing. Those fruit of the Spirit. My usefulness in the kingdom. Come not through going, ah. My usefulness in the kingdom comes from the truth. My usefulness in the kingdom does not come from John's Calvin's institutes. Shock. Shock. comes from the truth. God's word. See, this is to be primary. This is the core. We live in a society in which we've made all sorts of peripheral things the core. That's the most important. And we neglect that which is the truth. Third, Turn with me to John 16, 13. Back one pass, one chapter. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Do you know why the truth matters? The truth matters because it's illuminating. The Holy Spirit takes truth as defined by God's breathed out words himself. The Holy Spirit takes this truth. And he illumines for us that which is to come. Read Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd. Where does it end? where, Where does this truth that the Lord is my shepherd lead me? It leads me to his table where I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What, what's to be our guide? What, what's to be the pulse by which we have an illumined life laid before us? Well, let's see. Where is Pisces right now? Where is Gemini right now? Oh, that'll be my future. See, see what happens to men? See what happens to mankind See, they want to know, but look at where they turn. They exchange the truth of God for the lie. And that's that, that's that outer extreme, right? Okay? And think of the hundreds and thousands of ways that people seek to somehow try to think about what the future will be apart from God's truth you worried about tomorrow? Read God's truth. Worried about today? Read God's truth. Worried about your grandchildren? Read God's truth. Lastly, turn with me. It's still John, but now we're going to be in 1 John. And I'll close with this. Because we'll, we'll be coming back to this again. But it's 1 John chapter 3. It's going to be verse 18. Why does the truth matter? Because the truth brings freedom. The truth is sanctifying. The truth is illuminating. 1 John 3.18 Little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth. What is John saying? To truly love one has to know the truth. To truly love, one has to know God's truth. Because you see, one cannot truly love without knowing the love of Christ in one's heart, in one's life. You can't really love. It's only, you see, when that truth that Jesus Christ Took upon himself my sin, my shame, my guilt. Upon that horrific cross that he suffered and died, that he bore the weight of all of my sin. That he emptied himself from me. It's only when I know that truth. And I can only know and discover that truth here. That I understand the depth of love. The reality of love. I am the way, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. To truly love, I have to know the one who is the truth of love. Jesus Christ. That's why the truth really does matter. And God's people say, Amen. Father, we do thank you again for your word, the living, breathing word that you give to us. This is not a dead word. These are not words upon a page. These are words, Father, that leap off the page into our minds and into our hearts and into our souls. And I pray, Father, That these words, even this morning, will, will not only do those things, but it will also reach into the depth of my life and of those who have heard this preached word upon this day. That that truth will indeed penetrate deep within us. So that, Father, we might know true freedom. That we might, Father, continue... The walk of being sanctified children of yours. That we, Father, might have the path illuminated before them. Because your word is a lamp to our feet and a light upon our path. That we, Father, might know how to truly love. To love you above all. To love our neighbor as ourself. Penetrate your unchanging truth deep within us this day. In Christ's name, God's people say, amen.